0: Eh, Brilliant Minds Project presents the 12th annual Oakland Juneteenth celebration, featuring food vendors, music, and an educational workshop on racial justice and mental health awareness. The event takes place on Saturday, June 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 3233 Market Street in Oakland. For details, call 510-435-1077. <laughs>
1: Degrees. High, degrees. High, aja, 16, 360 degrees ha ha 360 degrees ha 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 360 360 360 degrees ha 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 ha
2: ha ha round 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 to the circle 360 Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine. This show is produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, you're in for a special treat. We're introducing us. We are KPFA First Voice Apprentice Group 44, and we are Audacity. We'll be hosting and producing Full Circle for the next few months. On tonight's Father's Day Tribute Show, our group will share original commentaries about our fathers. We'll give you heads up about the kind of programming you can expect to hear from first voice Audacity. And we'll hear some great music. So sit back, relax, and get ready to meet your host for tonight's show, Audacity, Radio Shack. Yes, sir. How you doing? Eric Datboy Media. Yay, Area stand up. Yay! Shanice in the house. Hannah.
3: Hey there.
2: KC. Hi. And yours truly, Theodora. All that tonight on full circle. Stay tuned.
4: Good evening, folks, and welcome again to our special edition of Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. Tonight, you're in for a special treat as our very own Group 44, Audacity, gives you the original pieces for Father's Day. But before we get into all of that, first, you might be wondering, who is Audacity? Well, Ms. Miss, Miss Theodore,
2: tell us who we is. The KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program is all about community. We spent the entire first couple of months in this program building community, bonding with each other. One of the traditions of the First Voice Apprentice Program is to have a group naming ceremony called Fire by the Water. This type of ceremony is like the powerful Native American practice used to release unwanted energies and attachments from the past to make space for new intentions. A fire ceremony can be used to release unhappy memories, fears, negative emotions, and anything that you're holding onto that doesn't serve your higher self. By releasing these unwanted energies and old patterns into the fire, you make space to heal at the soul level. For this ceremony, we literally had to stay out in the park by the fire in the cold, dark night until we chose a name for our group. But we came prepared, and you best believe we picked our name with a quickness. Take a listen as we describe, in spoken word, how our name, Audacity, emerged during this rite of passage ceremony. Five, four, three, two,
5: one.
6: Change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. That's from President 44.
7: Do not choose the lesser life. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Choose the life that is yours, the
2: life that is seducing your lungs, that is dripping down your chin. I've discovered that the harder something is to say, the more it needs to be said. So I've decided it's better to speak than to be silent because in the words of Audre Lorde, your silence will not protect you. Not everything that is faced can be
0: changed, but nothing can be changed until its face. James Baldwin.
3: Poet and ancestor Audrey Lorde says, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. We are vowing to let our name be a beacon, guiding us to the willingness to take bold risks.
4: Our name resonates with daring, courage, fearlessness, to have balls, swagger, sauciness, heroism, and grit. Our name is
5: Audacity. Audacity. Audacity.
0: Welcome back to ninety-four point one KPFA and you're listening to Full Circle. I'm your host, Radio Shack from Audacity, and now I wanna introduce you to one of my group mates, Hanna Wilson.
3: Hey Hanna. Hey Shaquille.
0: So now we've been working together for about a year now, and I just and we talk a lot of in our own stories and how, why yeah. we wanted to come here. So, Hana, what brought you here to the First Voice Apprenticeship Program?
3: Well, I'm circling back to KPFA after more than three decades away. I was a programmer way back in the days of magnetic tape when we edited with razor blades. So um, I started in 1973 with the collectively produced show Lesbian Air. It was one of the first... LGBT, uh, actually lesbian shows in the nation. Mm-hmm. And then after that, for six years, I did a world music program with a focus on women musicians. So then I went off and I was a psychotherapist for th- for 30 years. And I think, you know, one of the things that catapulted me into being a therapist was the stories that I got being in the radio, and I love people's stories, so I wanted to go deeper with that. And now I'm back, and I, I myself am a storyteller and an author. And um, first voice apprenticeship program especially appealed to me because it, it we we talk about the stories of women and people of color.
0: Well, you're first up tonight on the Father's Day commentary. So can you tell us about what we're about to hear?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm going to share a story from my early childhood. I had a complicated relationship with my father, and I know that's true for many of us. You know, in fact, when our group decided to do a Father's Day special, I, I just really didn't want to take part in it. But you all encouraged me, and I feel such a part of the group that I put my reservations aside. So uh, here's a little background. When I was seven, my mother was taken off to a mental hospital, And I would live alone with my father for the next two and a half years. Um, So, thank you. What else do I want to say? Well, yeah. um, I I would live alone with my father for the next two and a half years, and I was in the midst of a really lonely and painful time. Dad found a way to share with me the solace of nature. Here's a bit of that story, and it's an excerpt from my memoir... Riding Fury home. Mom first went to the mental hospital in spring. As the days warmed in the evenings after supper, Dad and I would meander down the path through our backyard woods to the little millstone river that ran along the back of our property. The river was narrow and muddy. Trees leaned out over the water from its banks. Dad had made a floating dock out of empty oil drums overlaid with planks and guy wires tethered it to the bank. Our aging wooden rowboat was tied to the dock. Sometimes Dad and I clambered into the rowboat, Dad at the oars, me in the stern, bailing the slow leak of water. We rowed jaggedly upriver a ways, then turned around and drifted back. I trailed my hand in the water and looked at the ducks skidding to a water landing. One evening we pulled up to the dock. Night was coming, but I didn't want to leave the river world. It wasn't a thought, just a reluctance in my body. Climbing out of the boat and onto the dock, my feet dragged against going back to a house filled with the echoes of... No, Mom. The first fireflies blinked over the water. The crickets began their singing and the frogs their croaking. Dad lingered with me on the dock, shining his flashlight into the shallows, illuminating the tadpoles and minnows. There was a loud splash. Look, Dad said. Pointing to just beyond the riverbank, a muskrat's head, smooth with wet fur, poked above the water as he dog-paddled toward mid-river in the quickening darkness. My father had taught me to swim in the river when I was five, holding me around my belly, showing me the churning movements of arms and legs, how to turn my head to breathe Dad was a great swimmer, having grown up at the Jersey Shore. His prowess led him to the swim team in high school, and he passed his confidence on to me. The river was my second home. Later, I was puzzled by my suburban cousins, Marion and Stephanie's, reactions as the three of us stood in our bathing suits at the muddy water's edge. I had led them proudly to my river. Yuck! It's dirty. You gotta be kidding. We're not swimming in that. Dirty? To me, the river was a living entity. Its water, rich with mud and water creatures, and the animals who lived along its shores. They were part of the forest river world, the other world behind our house that seemed so far away from the town. It was that magical place that me and dad, and the animals, all inhabited together. This has been Hannah Wilson, reading an excerpt from my memoir, Riding Fury Home. Welcome back to First Voice Media's Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. Well, this is Hannah, and that was a story about my dad. And, you know, um, I got to do a sound collage, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we learn here. Yeah. So, uh, Shaquille, thanks for introducing me. Mm-hmm. But now let me ask you. So, what was it that brought you to KPFA in the First Voice Apprenticeship Program?
0: Well, I can say that for me it was really... Uh, KPFA brought me here honestly um, it was if it wasn't for one of my mentors Catherine Sneed of Garden Project she brought somebody that actually was in the First Voice Apprenticeship program in Donna Bellarado and she talked to me for about 30 minutes about this program, the First Voice Apprenticeship program and it really spoke to me and it really spoke to what I want to do here and it's all about community here at the first voice apprenticeship program that's what i love like that's Mm. the passion that i love and want to do here and also i always grew up on sports radio and i always love radio so this was a chance for me to pursue my dreams and also try to do something differently different as well because not only in the sports aspect but i love more than just sports like i have passions for education i have passions for the college i grew up at i have passions for my city in san francisco so i just wanted to show all that in I think being here is the only place that I think I could do that at.
3: Wonderful. Well, you also have a story about your dad that you created. So tell us what you have for us.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a a fun piece between me and my dad. Um, There's going to be a lot of home videos shown here. But uh, it's really just a nice tribute to my dad who was always there for me. And that's what you're going to get in this video right now.
5: (laughs) Smaller, Small. 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 go. Right. Right. Go, dude. Go. Get in the field, <laughs> Right down the middle of the field, with safety you should have seen picking
1: up. It does not do it. Yeah, has a
6: lot of players around
5: trying to get uh uh-uh. Right there. Sack, that's not a candy. That's huh? not a candy. That's not candy. What did you do? Sleep? Wow,
1: mommy on the board. Lord. You wanna go in the pool? Cool? Where's your brother at? Okay. Over where? Point to him. Hey,
5: Shaq, why don't you want to
1: get in this water? I'm cold. Stop, Shaq. Where'd you learn that word from? Eric. Eric. We've been hanging out with you guys too long. <laughs> You know what? He's been hanging out with you cats too long. time. Your mama's not going to preach that word, alico. Get back in there. Oh, brother. That's all, that's all we need to hear now on the tape. No. Daddy! What?
5: you made like Mommy.
1: I know. That's why you're still here.
0: That. I didn't know how to write this, you see, because the Black Father is expected to be near perfect. We want him to have the strength of James Evans, the patience and wisdom of, of Dr. Cliff Huxtable, and the lightheartedness of Carl Winslow and the intelligence of Uncle Phil. We want the Black Father to embody superhuman qualities and be more than he may be able to live up to. And because of that, there were so many thoughts in my mind that I hope you understand how important you are to me. But first I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for always believing in me. Even when I didn't, you pushed me every step of the way. I messed up a lot on my own road, but you kept me on my path to continue my dream. And for that, I wanted to say thank you. I know sometimes I don't listen and it's probably true. I don't listen and do a lot of other things that you may want me to do or see everything that you think I should see. But I just want to tell you that I do. You see, I still remember those times you took me to the park. You helped me learn how to ride my bike. You took me to the playground. You played with me at the playground. So you helped me Find an enthusiasm for sports, you taught me how to throw a baseball with my right hand. And then you taught me how to throw with my left hand. And then you taught me how to shoot a basketball, even when I was scared of the basketball when you passed it to me. You also told me how to throw a punch with boxing gloves on, even though the gloves were too heavy for me sometimes. See, I remember the times when I needed help with even math. You helped me with my math homework, and I struggled with it, but you stayed up and helped me. You see, Dad, I remember a lot even when you thought i wasn't listening or watching i always was i see how strong you are every day to provide for me and my brother and the whole family i see how much you love mom i saw the battles you went through and you didn't complain you didn't you never favored away from your faith so you weren't just a father to me and my brother but to many including the many at your school So you knew that being there every day, not only as a leader of a school, but of a community that needed everything from you. And sometimes the community didn't love you back, but you still kept going and you gave that community everything and you still do because you know that being a black and male in this country is always going to be a target on your back. And I see today that even when the world doesn't love you, it never affects the love you have for me. Even through your worst, you've always still been dad. And for that, all I can say is thank you. Welcome back to Full Circle, a show produced, engineered, and hosted by us, Audacity, from the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. And that was a tribute to my dad. And now we're going to take a little music break, and we will be right back with more from our newest group from Audacity. Audacity.
1: Every night Watching he got Coming from the hood Often misunderstood But still Black fathers are necessary Fighting the penitentiary As well as the cemetery Only right I wrote a song Made for my brothers And whether or not You get along With your baby mothers Our babies love us Our babies need us He just might be That black father The baby Jesus More precious than a stone From Sierra Leone That's a child of a black father The heir to the throne Before mining The diamond in the dirt Don't come out shining They come out muddy Babies born bloody Before the huggy and onesies, birth from the black essence, so it's a natural for a black father to lack presence, there to provide lessons when babies ask questions, to guide them through imperfections, doubts and transgressions, to teach a foreign language about their ancestors, to read body language, face and hand gestures, to love their body image, hair strand textures, learning instruments, jam sessions, and band lessons, car seat buckle-ups, teaching them boxing, uppercuts, more to manhood than muscle-ups and bustin' nuts, more to childhood than Donald duck and duck. Touch. Nothing can replace a father's love and mother's touch. No need for fame black fathers are legendary. Watching it, he got game coming from the hood, often misunderstood, but still, black fathers are necessary. Fighting the penitentiary as well as the cemetery. Only right, I wrote a song made for my brothers. And whether or not you get along with your baby mothers, our babies love us, our babies need us. He just might be that black father, the baby Jesus. The mothers who stand in the way of fathers and their children, then go say he left from abandoned like a building that's tore up from the floor to the ceiling, paint peeling I
0: Welcome back, and you are tuned in to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA. That was Black Fathers by Messiah. And I'm your host, Radio Shack, from Group 44, Audacity. And before the break, we heard my Father's Day story, Dear Dad, which was a tribute to my dad, who has always been an inspiration in my life. My dad always wanted to break the cycle that his dad did to him. And he always wanted to be present in me and my brother's life. And that's what you got to see in those little mini home video clips from the show. Uh, he always took me and my brother everywhere, from my brother's soccer games, to his baseball games, to my baseball games, basketball games. He always took me to the park, to Disneyland, and the little other party He always took me to also Las Vegas as well. Um, he was always there. Back then, and he's there for me, especially now, with me doing the apprenticeship program. He's more supportive than any dad I can ask for. And uh, now I want to introduce you to the next member of Audacity, Shanice. Shanice. Hey. Hey, Shanice. (laughs) So, we've been sharing what brought us here to KPFA, and I just wanted to ask you so, what brought you here to the First Voice Apprenticeship Program?
6: So, hey, guys. Um, So, I learned about the KPFA Apprenticeship Program from a conference that I went to called the Women of Color Conference, Women Spelled with an X, in Berkeley. And so, they had a lot of workshops going on, and one of the workshops was about uh, women in media. And so, I went, and there were some apprentices from the KPFA that were there, Uh, Kendall and Aria were there, Mari, Sorry, Mari was there uh, talking about the KPSA apprenticeship program and how they're looking for women and people of color to be in on the radio. And so I thought that was really cool because I think it's important for women and people of color and black women to be able to access any media platforms that they can, whether it's radio, podcasting, photography, videography, whatever, wherever we can tell our stories, we need to be able to tell them. And so to harness those skills, I think it's important.
0: So what was it like writing this piece for your father?
6: So it was like really, really hard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like some of us mm-hmm. who, you know, just kind of have a difficult relationship with our dads. And for me, I actually had a great relationship with my dad when I was younger. And it's just now in my uh, older adult years that we're not really getting along. So I just had a really hard time writing this piece. He's we haven't really spoken in like two years. Um as my family loves to call me, they like to call me the head of the family removal board. Mm-hmm. So anyone in my family who acts up or who just doesn't do right, I just remove them from the family and from my life. Ooh. And my dad is on that list for right now and he's been on the list for two years. So we haven't really spoken. So writing this piece was just kind of kind of hard because I didn't want to really revisit that and I didn't really know mm-hmm. where to go as far as um, what I should look at as far as doing this piece. So yeah, so I just kind of wrote on the lessons that he taught me Um, At a young age.
0: Okay, well, let's check this out.
6: Thanks. My father taught me a lot. For good or bad, I wouldn't be the woman I am today without him. I wouldn't be a Georgia-born girl who now has successfully resided in California for four years. There have been many lessons in my life that I've learned from my father, either because he literally told me through his words or he showed me through his behaviors. He brought my sister and I up to be independent, strong, free thinking, financially savvy black women, and for that I am grateful. There are many lessons that I learned from my father, but I'll share 10 that definitely helped me in clutch moments. 1. You're nothing in America without good credit. 2. Don't ever buy a car new because the value depreciates once you drive off the lot. 3. A man will only treat you the way you allow him to. 4. Never live beyond your means. Five, character is who you are when you think no one is watching. Six, always pay yourself first. Seven, never be complacent. Eight, never depend on a man to support you. Nine, learn how to do things yourself because at the end of the day, you can only rely on yourself. Ten, you're only as strong as your word. These lessons have stuck with me throughout my life and have guided many decisions that I've made. Other hard lessons I've learned were through his actions. I learned that parents aren't perfect and that they make mistakes too. Parents are humans and they will fall as any human would from any pedestal that you put them on eventually. My father was the first man who showed me what love is and the first man to truly break my heart. With all the good he brought me, love he showed me, and lessons that he taught me, he too has had times where he's fallen short and with ease has tumbled off the pedestal that I put him on as a child. I have yet learned the lesson of forgiveness But through my own experiences, I have learned that I can always be reflective and acknowledge that without him there, there would be no me.
2: with this tape.
6: Welcome back. This is Full Circle Broadcasting Live on KPFA on 94.1 FM. That was myself sharing some lessons I learned from my father. And at the end of my clip was none other than Queen Bee herself and the Dixie Chick singing daddy lessons. I found that song to be perfect summation of lessons that I learned from my father and just the way that I felt about him as I was growing up. But now it's my turn to introduce our next member and bringing back Mr. Eric, a.k.a. Dat Boy Media. What up, Eric? What up, Shanice? Yeah, yeah. Hey, so I know you've been listening. You know the question I'm going to ask you. So what brought you to the apprenticeship program? What type of stories were you looking to tell?
4: Well, my story is a little bit more different. Um, I actually... Had two shows before I even got to this program, and uh, shout out to Felicia Bridges, my home girl out there. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> yes, she's also um, an ex-apprentice. Uh, thank you, Kendall. Thank you, Kendall. <laughs> um, but um, yes, yeah, so the the opportunity was presented while we were doing the show, and I was like, mm, I don't think so. It, you know, it just didn't sound all that appeasing to me but you know after learning so many different things that i did wrong because <laughs> oh. we all do things wrong right about that <laughs> so you know after i found out about all the different things that i i did wrong i i kind of got it and i was like oh okay so it, it when it was presented to me again i was like oh, okay this, maybe this is a second opportunity or maybe you know god trying to tell me something, Mm -hmm. you know? So I applied. I honestly didn't think I was going to get in, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I got in and uh,
6: here I am. Yes, and we are so happy to have you. One of the best additions. Um, So you actually came up with the topic of us doing a Father's Day show for our first show. Thanks, Eric. (sighs) So, you know, you actually decided to do your commentary live. I did. Yeah.
4: I did. Do you want to share? Yeah. I mean... I decided to do this live because, honestly, it's, like, really the first time I've ever, like, really talked about it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, from the time that I was born till now, I've never really been able to talk about my father because I don't—I've always, I guess, felt like— People, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings or mm-hmm. you know whatever the case may be, but you know my my father, me and my father, we have like a really estranged relationship. Um, it was a- it's actually interesting because from zero to two we was real tight, mm. you know, like from the time I was born, you know, to two years old, you know, and this is actually something a little personal, but. He actually vowed for me to be here. Like my mom was really young and she didn't graduate from high school, so yeah. she actually wanted an abortion.
5: Mm, okay. And
4: he vowed for me to be here, you, you know. And, um he he kind of like fought her from so I can be here. Yeah. And so um so from zero to two, he, we was real tight. Yeah. And next thing I know, he went to the state penitentiary. Mm. I woke up one morning and he was there, and then I woke up the next. He wasn't there no more.
5: That's, and,
4: That's uh And from two years old to 12, I, you know, he we kept in touch, but I didn't really know who he was. Like, I was just—I got all these nice cards. I got these nice letters. You know, he's a, he's a great, like, writer. He's a really great writer. I um, got pictures, but I didn't know who he was because mm-hmm. nobody told me who he was. And then I remember I was in middle school— and I just get a call like, oh, your dad coming out of prison. Whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> it, 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 my mind, my brain, it, I, I couldn't wrap myself around it. And um, I didn't know who he was because yeah. for so long he wasn't present. So I think that he may have gotten, he may have felt a certain type of way on how I responded as far as me not wanting to be around mm. him because I don't know him. Yeah. Like, I'm the type of person, like, if I don't know you, like, if I don't know your name, where you live, what you eat, you know, what you what you watch, you right. know, I'm the kind of person, I don't really deal with you like that. Yeah. You know, I got to build something with you, you know, and I think that at that time, I was so young and I couldn't communicate that to him, so I felt like, he didn't understand it and he may have taken it the wrong way. So, you know, he a Pisces, you know. Shout
6: out to all the Pisces. I'm a Pisces as well.
4: You know, Ooh. y'all cool, but y'all know, you know, you know, he can, he he was, he was, he retaliated um, um, towards me and he's he kind of kind of dropped everything, and, you know, it was interesting because we were trying to build something, but we really, he kind of, like, dropped everything because I guess he didn't know how to take the fact that I really did not know who he was, mm. but, you know, my my father, he did some great things. Like, it wasn't just all negative. You know, he bought me my first pair of Air Forces, yeah. you know, he bought me, um... He bought me this Ed Hardy outfit that was like raw. People was hating on my swagger and everything. <laughs> I didn't care. Um, you know, I, I remember he took me to the movies. You know, he, um, I mean, he he did certain things, but it it wasn't enough, you know. And when I say it wasn't enough, it wasn't the fact that he bought me materialistic things and all of that kind of stuff. It was just the simple fact that, I felt like he was trying to buy me with his, um, with materialistic right. things, right. and I don't care about that. I want your time. Yeah. I don't care about your money. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want, I, love I want, language. I want, I want your time, mm-hmm. and I want your affection. And I just, I, for a long time, I was, I was kind of, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of bitter, and I was kind of angry. That's fair. Towards my father because I felt like I missed out on so much, mm-hmm. like my. My grandfather, he the one that showed me how to ride my bike. Or, you know, he's the one that kinda showed me how to roller skate or my mom had to do a lot of stuff. And then like growing up, I had friends who had parents that picked them up from school and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, Well, why why do I have um
6: Okay. Take your time. Take your time. This is a hard a hard topic. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs>
5: just i just remember why i couldn't have two beers yeah yeah, yeah yeah baby it's
2: It's okay thank
6: you for sharing that with honestly because that's a lot and that's deep and i know a lot of people out there listening right now can relate to what you're saying i I didn't want to do that but i just remember like why
4: why i couldn't have that so you know I just kind of had to, like, you know, accept it, you know, and um, you know he didn't he didn't teach me a whole lot, so I had to learn certain things, and I just felt like if I had a, you know, had him teach me certain things, I would have been a little bit more far advanced and, and and things of that nature, but you know I I really tried to like you know like really forgive him and and uh, you know I'm still working on it, it's it's a work in progress mm-hmm. and but you know it's just there's certain things that when you're a child. It's like, you don't understand. It's like, you know, like, why Why did it happen to me, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But then I also think about how, you know, maybe it was God protecting me. And maybe, you know, since he didn't know how to be a father and he wasn't, he didn't have his father around, maybe he just didn't know how to do that with me. So I also, I also want to credit my grandfathers and my uncles for also showing me manhood and, and, and being that male figure.
6: Yeah. So That was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that and I commend you and applaud you for... You're still trying. I can see you looking at the silver lining. You're saying you're working on forgiveness. You right. you ex- acknowledge your grandfather for being there. So that's beautiful and I appreciate you for sharing that. Thank so Thank you. you and I also
4: want to break the cycle as well. There you, you go. Know? Mm-hmm. There yes, you go. that's important. Yes, it is.
3: And Eric, just speaking it, you know, it means a lot to all of us And a lot of listeners out there, I think, you know, telling such truth, Mm -hmm. such deep truth.
2: Thank you. Very healing. Uh Yeah. If what we
4: don't heal is what we don't, what we don't acknowledge is what we don't heal. Exactly. 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 Mm
2: -hmm. So you made a breakthrough today. Yeah.
4: Oh. Yes, the music break. We're going into a music break, so stay tuned by Houston Didn't Give a Damn.
1: No. Yeah, it's all good. I'm doing better without you. Anyway, but it's funny. You look just alike. Every day that I look in the mirror yeah. A reflection of someone I don't remember oh. But I heard that it was something special, something special. To someone that I hold so dear to me Oh, he could sing, yeah But he used it to abuse a lot of women oh, yeah. Now you see Was a he? And that scene it's not me, and I love my son, Forever. and my son loves me, me. And I know that it's painful, uh. but I wish you
5: could see Man, uh. it's what I am, it. Yeah. you give it to him? You left her all alone to so raise me all alone, oh, and yeah. it's hard for me to hate that I'm just like that change my what
1: that I'm just
4: you just heard Houston didn't give a damn. And this is full circle on KPFA 94.1. Thank you for letting me share about my father. It's not easy. And it, like I said before, it's the first time I've talked about it publicly. And um, thank you, Shanice, for introducing me. Of course. Now, the next person I'm going to bring in. Hey, Miss Casey. Hey, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's your turn, this beautiful lady that's sitting right in front of me. That's get that's into you. That's You tell us what, what brought you here.
7: Well, um, initially, I wanted to be a part of the First Voice uh, media program because I wanted to get a better grasp on digital editing for my podcast. But as I kept reading about the program, there were so many other compelling elements that I was eager to be a part of. And I became excited about getting involved with social issues and helping to amplify marginalized voices
4: also you want to share something about your father and what are we going to hear
7: so the piece that you're going to hear was pretty tough for me to write because i don't have the best relationship with my dad and um although i don't dive in too deep it is a vulnerable piece that examines my relationship with him Day. I really fudging, fudging, I said fudging, I really fudging hate Father's Day. And I'm not alone. My sisters also hate the day. All five of us, we dread it every single year. As well as our dad's birthday. And for me alone, Thanksgiving and Christmas, but that's another story. But as I was saying, we hate it. Not because we grew up without our dad or even hate him. We hate the holiday because of the pressure to live up to his absurd expectations of lavish reward for being the world's greatest dad, something he believes in his own head, an opinion that we ourselves do not share with him, an opinion if I were to really spill my guts here, you wouldn't share either. But don't get me wrong. I don't intend to suggest that I'm perfect or my sisters are perfect or that he's a complete monster because... I'm not, they're not, he's not. I recognize that we are all flawed, but we did grow up in a household with an unstable personality. Our dad has been present in our lives. From the beginning, we were raised in a home with both parents, had good childhoods for the most part. Our parents provided well, took us places, supported our interests which latter two I would say was mostly at the behest of my mother. But growing up in a household with our dad was tough. Being adults and trying to manage relationships with our dad is tough. As a self-governing woman who executes personal freedoms and articulates thoughts that sometimes differ from his is one source of ongoing contention. And my choosing to always stand up for myself and others is a big reason we butt heads and why we didn't get along well when I was a teen, and why I moved out my sophomore year of high school. I have boundaries, I ask questions, and I'm outspoken, which was often misinterpreted, no matter how respectfully, as talking back. And yes, once I reached adulthood, I did talk back, shout back, and even landed a few ineffectual punches as one of my sisters jumped on his back and put him in a headlock. I think I was about 19 when that happened. We awoke to shouting and rushed into our parents' bedroom to find him landing brutal punches to the side of our mother's dazed head. The rage that engulfed me. I wished my fists were made of solid steel and metal and not merely tendons and bone and skin. My baby sister was only two at the time, standing at the top of my parents' bed, wailing her head off. My heart broke for her and for the tragedy of my parents' union. They separated after that, but my dad's petulant and capricious moods are, to put it mildly, unpleasant, even scary, because of the uncertainty as to where it could lead. Currently, I'm not really on speaking terms with my dad, which is nothing new. Every so often, I just become so closed off and disinterested in the ongoing saga, such as... The angry blow-ups, the non-existent apologies, the showers of blame, the stuff I'm not saying, his insincere and manipulative tears, the lack of personal accountability, the denials, the pretending as if nothing happened after it's happened with the expectation that we are to forgive and forget the lies and revisionist history. Ah, the revisionist history, fictional tales from our childhood that he recounts to gullible ears with a cotton candy brush and maple berry paint. I've been racking my brain trying to come up with a Father's Day story that included a full day of pleasant memories with my dad, memories that weren't tainted with mean words or a threat of violence. I couldn't think of one. Neither could my sisters, I asked them. But there have been fragments of joy with my dad. Like when he'd pick us up from swim lessons with a nation's burger for my sister and I to share, teaching me to ride my bike and how to drive, capturing our childhood on video and having our names inscribed in fancy script on the chests of our oversized 49er starter jackets. His barbecue, his homemade sauce, his creamy and delicious oatmeal, trips to Costco, taking our dog to the dog park to swim the ocean, I remember walking on his back, drawing together, and putting barrettes in his hair. He'd carry us to the car when we pretended to be asleep. He still washes our car sometimes when he visits and occasionally treats us to lunch. He offers to treat way more than we accept. And there was that one year when he bought us all coach bags. If they were fake, they were the highest knockoff quality around. Watching him tend to his garden and watching him play and love on his grandkids, my niece and nephew, Yeah, there were good times There are good times But the damage is always revisited And I prefer peace So for now, I think I'll keep my distance
5: When I find myself in times of trouble Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be And in my of darkness She is standing right there in front of me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be Seem like I can still hear her say "Let let it be Let it be Let it be, let it be Whisper words of wisdom
7: welcome back. I'm KC, and this is Full Circle Broadcasting Live from the Pacifica Mothership, KPFA on 94.1 FM. And that last piece you just heard was me sharing some difficult truths about my relationship with my dad. But now it's time to introduce the last Audacity member, Miss Theodora. We've been training for the past year to take on the weekly production of Full Circle. Tell us what it What it was that brought you to KPFA and the First Voice Apprenticeship Program.
2: Well, Kay, I've been an educator for over 30 years and a KPFA listener for quite a while. When I heard about the KPFA Apprenticeship Program, I decided to take this opportunity to transition into a new career in broadcasting. I'll offer stories that shed light on this society's unconscious beliefs and myths, fairy tales, and fables of racial superiority and inferiority. I'll share ways to heal from the devastating impacts of these myths. Stories about art, music, film, books, things like that. But first, take a listen to TED Talk, Memories of My Father.
5: Back when... stance he would carry me and I knew for sure I was loved if I could get another chance another walk another dance with him I'd play a song that To dance with my father
2: again My name is Theodora. I'm the oldest child of Theodora and Lolita Cornelius. Welcome to TED Talk, My Father's Day Tribute. My father, the son of Edward and Mary Jane Cornelius, was born on April 25th, 1919. He was raised down in the bayou in New Orleans, Louisiana, or as he called it, Nolens. Everybody called him Ted, but to me and my three siblings, he was and always will be Daddy. Daddy never talked much about growing up in the racist, oppressive South. I got the distinct impression he couldn't wait to get the hell away from there, sooner rather than later. He joined the Merchant Marines at 16 and never did go back to Nolens to live. He made San Francisco, California his home, where he met and married my mother Lolita. After five years of marriage, at the age of 36, he fathered four children in five years. So, what was it like living with Ted? Well, Ted took care of his family. Daddy drank, smoked, gambled, and even cursed from time to time. He never went to church or attended college. He told me that once, while on jury duty, a lawyer offered to pay his way through law school. My father's brilliant, razor-sharp mind must have caught that attorney's attention. His response was short and straight to the point. Man, I ain't got time to go to no law school. I got four miles to feed. His priorities were very clear. Ted sacrificed. Though my parents loved living in San Francisco, we moved to Oakland when I was five. The story goes that I ran out into the street and my father heroically risked his life to save mine. In addition to almost getting flattened like a pancake on the streets of San Francisco, the salty San Francisco air triggered my severe asthma attacks. They stopped once we moved to Oakland, but my poor father suffered for years because of the heavy airborne pollen in Oakland. He suffered so I wouldn't have to. Ted understood the concept of quality time before it was a thing. Daddy worked two full-time jobs for much of my childhood, yet he always made time to spend with his family. I remember Friday nights at the bowling alley, Saturdays at Alameda Beach, Sundays at Nolan Park Zoo, and summertime adventures on the Santa Cruz boardwalk. Every single week, no matter how tired he might have been, our family had fun together. Ted was an advocate for his children. My fourth grade teacher caught me chewing gum. She took the gum out of my mouth with her fingers. I told my mother and she told daddy. The next day he took off work to have a Snapchat with that teacher. While I wasn't privy to that conversation, I'd venture to say his discourse went something like this. If you want your fingers, you better keep them out of my daughter's mouth. Whatever he told her, I know it was said with respect and dignity. While Danny would never have put his hands on a woman, I know he made his point crystal clear. Don't disrespect my daughter again. Ted was a teacher. He taught me how to be a critical thinker, and that alone is worth its weight in gold. He taught me to love the beautiful dark chocolate skin that I was blessed to inherit from him. He also taught me how to make gumbo. He swore that first pot of gumbo I made was the best he'd ever had. He recognized the importance of high self-esteem before it started trending. Ted was a guru. TED Talks happened in my house way before there was a YouTube. Daddy was always passing on life lessons. He'd say things like, always keep you some money. Or, it's nice to be nice, but don't be no fool. And he couldn't stand liars. He believed if you'll lie, you'll steal, and if you'll steal, you'll lie. One of his most famous Ted Talks sounded pretty gross to me as a child, but makes a whole lot of sense to me now. Baby, don't let nobody pee on your head and tell you it's raining. Ted was a strong black man. Daddy survived a heart attack in 1988. Sadly, he was diagnosed with mesothelioma three years later. Not even strength, holistic medicine, organic food, or chemotherapy could conquer that. All those years spent working around asbestos so he could provide for his family ultimately cost him his life. Daddy died at the age of 72 on Sunday, October 20th, 1991, the day of the Oakland Hills fire. I was totally oblivious to the flames swirling around Oakland that day. A firestorm of a different kind was brewing within me. Suddenly, the world didn't feel quite as safe anymore. Life with Ted was a blessing. I'm so thankful God chose Ted to be my father and Lolita to be my mother. I'll always love and cherish them both. Daddy would have been 100 years old this year. Thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day. Welcome back to Full Circle, broadcasting live from the Pacifica Mothership, KPFA 94.1 FM. You just heard from me, Theodora, giving you a brief snapshot of my father. Daddy was quite a character. He let people show him who they were, and then he made sure he believed them. When it comes to parents, I hit the jackpot. If I had to rate them on a scale of one to 10, I'd give them both 100.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my
6: God.
2: Oh, my God. I love the lessons that your dad taught. I think that was amazing. Except the one about peeing on your head. <laughs> 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 He's right. Though. I thought that was pretty gross. Yeah, but he was right. <laughs> oh, yeah. didn't tell you anything. Oh, yeah. Jeez.
4: Right.
6: It talked for real. For real.
4: <laughs> well, Miss Theodore, that was a beautiful piece. And sadly, y'all, we got to go. What? Really? I know, right? I know, right? We ain't got another hour. I know,
6: right? I can <laughs> talk it talk
0: it
2: talk.
4: <laughs> Please, if we don't have another hour, I'm going to need some, um, some Moscato, some,
2: some, something. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just keeping it going. maybe something more than that.
4: Okay, some Hennessy or something. You know what I'm saying? But, um... Thank y'all. And this brings us to the end of tonight's show. This has been Full Circle. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. And it's our introduction to Audacity. Where are we at? Where are we at? Woo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you can now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And we're here on every Friday at 7 p.m. So don't don't miss us, I, miss us next week. And uh, all our shows can be found on KPFAapprentice.org, along to the links with everything that we discuss. And, oh, yeah, we is on that social media. So hit us up on that Instagram and Facebook one time. And Twitter. <laughs> and Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Yes, tweet, tweet. Okay. Hey. And um, shout out to our executive producer, Miss M. Where you at? And uh, our technical director that's in the building right now, Frank Starling. Where you at? Whoop. Enjoy more. Hey, is our production consultant. And this this has been our our host. We have been your host for this evening. And thank you for listening. Bigs up to our girl, Kenny. See where thank you, you at, girl? Where you at?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, um... And our tech assistant.
2: It's Shanice. It's me. I hey. just got it. I'm going to help you, Shanice. <laughs> Thank you.
4: She's doing two jobs at one. You got to give it up for this girl right here. And um, stay tuned. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You guys, for those who are doing the great things, everything is not... Um, it's not being it, Everything is being seen And it's being appreciated So Happy Father's Day To everybody And stay tuned Launda Bahita Is up next Get your life Yee, yee.
6: Bye guys <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Be
1: <back. laughs>